I am just furious. It's 9.20 in the morning on Monday. Whoever is doing whatever can go straight to hell. Call me back now or see me in face. And trust me, you won't want that. Hey everybody, welcome to the HOA Show. I am your host, Jason Hurst, and joining me on the show today, it's Mary, it's Brian, it's Kelsey, and producer James hanging out in his corner. How you guys doing? Awesome. Great. Hey, yeah. You were like a millisecond faster than I gotcha. me. <laughs> so from now on, Brian is trying his darndest to beat Kelsey if he can. It's just a that's, race that's, now. That's, now it's a race. Who's going to get in there first? Who's going to get in there first? I think I should maybe start like varying my you know, my pace of well, how I ask well, the question. Well, you also did. To throw you, you guys off. You also went in reverse. You said Mary instead of me first. So that's we're true. trying to throw us off. That's, I'm, I'm doing my best. But, but you, you look at like, Kelsey first. And right. so that's kind of why we. I, I, was, I was actually looking at producer James. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't okay. make blinky eyes yeah. at James oh come on why not <laughs> alright so I uh, went to the dentist this morning um, that's unfortunate it actually wasn't too bad just for routine cleaning no cavities so um, no laughing gas then no that's true no laughing gas but that's uh, the best part of the dentist though I don't think I've ever actually had the laughing gas. I Even have. when I had a root canal, it's I didn't wild. have laughing gas. No, it's they great. Just, so, you guess you gave me a local. And you know I'm it. a dental hygienist, right? I did not know this. <laughs> so I'm a dental hygienist. So in school, they were our instructor. One of uh, one of our instructors was a was a dentist, and he was teaching us how to use laughing gas. Mm-hmm. And so he needed a volunteer. Me, I'm like, sure, great, whatever. Get in the chair. He turns it on. He's talking, doing his thing, and trying to explain things. And then he just keeps turning it up, turning it up, turning it up. And then he's just getting distracted and talking to people. And me, <laughs> higher than a kite, was not smart enough at that point in time to open my mouth and breathe through my mouth. So I wasn't just getting like yeah. pretty much pure laughing gas. <laughs> <laughs> I was green oh, <laughs> by yeah, the time he took gosh. it off. And he's like, see, that that's how you know. Like, I think he did it on purpose. He's like, that's how you know you've given him too much. No, it was just him covering his tracks and being like, I forgot. Yeah, oh you know goodness. what, I'm Mary? I'm so sorry. You know what, Mary? That explains a whole lot about you right now. <laughs> just a whole lot about you. It probably, it probably is part of my yeah. problem. Way to be a great volunteer. That's right. Way to sac- sacrifice your body oh, yeah. for the, yeah, oh, yeah. For just, the medical sciences. I say just scratch the den- dentist. Go to the supermarket, grab a thing of whipped cream, and don't shake it up as you're checking out. <laughs> well, Brian, we didn't all grow up in California, so we learned that trick. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can get it in here in Utah at the supermarket. They sell whipped to, cream too. We're not all trying to pass out on the on the grocery store floor, man. Yeah. That's not. I was on a family vacation, whole family, mom, dad, sister. And I brought that up in high school, and they thought I was crazy. I'm like, no, the propellant in there is nitrous oxide in, sure. in, in mm-hmm. whipped cream. Right. They didn't believe me. On a family vacation in Illinois, we pulled over, went to a supermarket, grabbed four extra large sizes <laughs> of whipped cream. I love your parents right now. <laughs> and my mom was like, I don't believe you. I'm going first. Oh, no. <laughs> so 13-year-old sister... 17 year old Brian and mom and dad mom just takes this giant rip of a whippet and (laughs) starts giggling uncontrollably for like two or three minutes in the car and my sister is looking at my mom going my mom's a drug addict It was it was one of the most memorable family experiences. That is awesome. Do, well, I just doing drugs with household today. equipment. Oh, wow. <laughs> and your parents. Yeah. Family memories. Yeah. Yay. In Illinois. 
Yeah. In um, Illinois. Yeah. On the side of the road. Like, yeah. what, what happened if your dad got sick no, or something? We, we were in in the supermarket parking lot. Like, we couldn't wait to test this this theory out that I already knew. I knew it was going to work. I was just excited You're for like, them to... I've done it 25 <laughs> times, Mom. Yeah. Brian's like, I'm well experienced at this. Yeah. So I know exactly what's going on. I think she immediately figured out, like, why all the whipped cream goes bad so quickly after uh, she buys it from the store. She's like, these things have leaks. It feels like there's still cream in there, but it won't come out. <laughs> Shake, shake it more. Oh, man. <laughs> On that note. Oh, boy. Uh, we should probably go talk to our guest again, who's just kind of sitting here with her mouth wide open, staring at us in unbelief. Oh, man. Yeah. So we still have Andrea uh, with us from the rental department. Uh, and so we're going to get right back into talking to her about rentals. Uh, I believe Mary had the first question. Let's just go ahead and launch into it. So other than YouTube and uh, Google, mm -hmm. what would be good advice for people that are renting as they're moving in, like what to expect or um, things that they can do to help themselves and help their property manager? A lot of it is like asking, you know, for family, you know, ask family, you know, or even ask your property manager if you have questions at that moment when you, and I'm one of those, when I'm showing my properties, I do give them all the tools. I give them all the information. So it's not like they're going in there thinking, I didn't get anything. I meet with all of my renters. I give them the keys at that point, And I say, okay, these are the things you need to look for. And I give them sheets and I give them all these tools as far as like who to contact for this and who to contact for that. But until they really want to learn and actually take put, ownership, take ownership, right. there's nothing I can do. You have to take ownership of your own responsibilities. And it's not like I'm like, here's your keys. Bye. I spend a lot of time with them, not only just getting to know them when I'm showing them the property, working with them through the whole process with the lease and all the questions. And then I meet with them, give them the keys and I'll go over certain things with them. I think like one of the, yeah. a really big thing is too, I think just like be respectful of like your rental and property manager's time. Mm -hmm. Like if it's not an emergency, send in an email and don't call them at 10 o'clock at night because yeah. your shower curtain fell. Right. Like, Correct. honestly, just be respectful. And I feel like, I mean, in turn, you're going to get a lot more information, right. advice, and help out of right. them because yeah. they're not going to be bothered that you called them for a useless issue at yeah. 10 o'clock And I'm going to be a little bit more, I'm not. I'm going to be nicer. I'm not going to be like, okay, you're calling me at Send 10 o'clock. Send me a YouTube for, video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's like when I get a call at 10 o'clock at night and it's something that's like, it's like you could have asked this like a while ago. This is my time. I've had many issues where like people had even that building itself, it's secure. One couple left there because you get two key fobs if there's two people in there so you can get into the building. One left it in the unit, the other, they both went out to the bar downtown, you know, got drunk, lost their key fob, called me at two o'clock in the morning, mad, cursing, yelling. I mean, I'm, I finally turned on my phone and I've got all these voicemails mad at me because I did not let them in the building, but I guess it was my fault because I went out and got drunk. They were mad and they were just like, there's nothing I can do. My biggest thing is just be responsible. These keys are your lifeline. You're going to get in your car. Yeah. These are your lifeline. Like you, no I go, if you can't get in the building, that's on you. Well, I mean, if you, <laughs> when you buy your house, you're not going to, if you lock yourself out of your house, you're not going to call your realtor. Right. I don't I, keep extra Wait, Andrea, keys. I can't call you when I lock myself out of my house. No, because no, I don't have your key. I'm, <laughs> calling, Andrea key? For, I'm right. calling Andrea from now I mean, on. For their safety and for my, my safety. Yeah. My liability safety. I don't keep keys of yeah. my rentals. I give them the keys that I have. Oh, I don't yeah. oh you have do? Yeah. 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 Because... I'm like, if there's a problem, you call a locksmith. Yeah. If they move out and don't give me keys back, I call a locksmith and get the locks changed. Yeah. I mean, I change them in between every tenant. Yeah, which, yeah, is good. 
Yeah, or we can. Yeah. Random question. You mentioned responsibility. You've got HOA responsibility, you've got landlord responsibility, and then you've got tenant responsibility. How often do those lines end up getting blurred? And more often than not, do you see the tenants asking for you to take responsibility for something that was really theirs or the HOAs or, or some mix of that? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Because they they don't see it as like, of course, my, my renters don't know anything about the tenant, I mean, about the owners. So, because obviously I'm the liaison between the owners and the tenants, but no matter what happens, like certain things, we, when we have to get something fixed, we have to go through the owners first. We just can't say, we're going to go buy this right now and go fix it. We have to go through that. And apparently it's always our fault because it's like, but it's like, I try to explain to my tenants. I'm like, listen, we don't own this unit. We have to get in touch with the owner. We have to get permission to buy this from the, you know, with all this stuff. And I said, if it was your, and I always explain to them, I'm like, if it was your unit and if you were renting it out, would you just want me to go take my credit card and go buy this and charge it to your account? And then after that, they kind of like, oh, so I always try to explain to them that way. Some people might not like the way I explain it to them, but I'm like, this is what I can do. Tough. (laughs) This is it. Because if it was you, you'd want me to respect you and your property. And that's the same thing I've got to do with my owners because my loyalty is to my owners first. Right. That's who I'm working for. Yeah. And so that's why I explain to a lot of my tenants. But it does blur a lot, especially with HOAs, too, because a lot of people think, well, you guys manage the HOA. Yeah, I might manage, we might manage the HOA, the company I work for, but I don't manage the HOA. I manage that unit. So the unit is separate from the HOA. And then so, the HOA has their own processes and, then, yeah. and everything else. Yep. So it's like, it's not an instant, nothing is instant. Yep. And you I know. think a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. They don't understand the rules or the, the line of what the HOA does versus what the homeowners do versus what the tenants are responsible for. Correct. And what property managers yeah. or rental managers are responsible yeah. for. I mean, I like doing rentals. I'll be honest with you. I, those HOA managers, man, you guys got a thick skin and you guys are nice because I cannot do HOA management. At least with rentals, it's a good thing is, is that if I get sassy, it's because somebody basically, I'm like, listen, you're basically being stupid. Like, I told you this. <laughs> I mean, I can almost basically say that I feel in like a way. You need to put that well, at the bottom of your email. If you're being stupid, <laughs> I have a right to be sassy. I have a right to be sassy, right. Any good rental owner stories? Like an, a rental owner or... <laughs> <laughs> I have I some mean, it that can I be, just it can be someone sitting at this table or it could not be I mean it just it depends on what you have we all have that <laughs> that hat I have some great owners that are amazing that I work with that I'm just like oh my gosh I like that owner and there's some that I'm like oh man why why can't we just fire them like or can they just fire us like I, I have a couple and I think I drank I when we took on a couple of his properties I think I drank more than I ever did how about any good tenant battles, just yelling matches going back and forth, where the tenant's just making crazy, ridiculous demands or just going after you? Um, you know, I had one just recently, not really a tenant, a prospective tenant. And in this business, you see that you finally get to that point where like, you're just not going to put up with it because you know if they're going to be a difficult pre-tenant before they move in, they're going to be Satan all the way. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, Satan. Yeah. And, you know, and I had one recently, and I have a property, and we were going back and forth, and I explained all the fees and yada, yada, yada. And we can't change our lease. Our lease is what it is. It's written by, you know, an attorney. And he's all like, well, I need you to take this out. And I'm like, no, that's a mandatory fee. Like, I can't get rid of it. There's nothing I can do. He goes, well, you didn't say this was in there. And I'm all like, yeah, I did. If you look through my text messages and our emails, it was there. So he's like, well, I don't need it. I'm like, you're telling me it was like a media package. 
and it's mandatory. And if you notice, like a lot of the new buildings, they're already putting internet and TV already in the package. He was all like, well, I don't need the media package. I said, so you telling me you don't need internet? He's like, well, I'm going to get my own. I said, you can't. I said, the building is built for its own internet. There's internet in the building. And he's like, well, I want you to take it out. And I said, you know what? I said, this is just not going to work. I said, I've canceled your lease. Good luck. Yeah. Like it just got, he was badgering me back and forth through email and text messaging. And I'm like, I'm done. Yeah. Like, just let him go. You know, I'm like, you know what? If this is how you are before you sign my lease, when everything was disclosed to you, then not only are you going to be a nightmare for me, you're going to be a poor nightmare for the girls in my office. So you, you, know? you realized with all your experience very quickly to just not even engage. Versus yeah, probably absolutely. sooner in your career, you would have been very happy to get a prospective tenant in or do whatever you could to make that tenant happy. Yeah. But over the past 10 years, it's, yeah. you immediately, those triggers go up. Yep. That's your experience that you've gained over all these years, Correct. right? Have yeah. you, do you have any other of those where because of your experience, you, you knew immediately what the right decision was, just barely treading on the subject? Absolutely. I mean, you just get, you get a feel of it. Like I said, you know, when people are getting very demanding and yeah. I mean, this is my view. Okay. I'm not saying anything about renting whatsoever. Thank goodness we have renters. But the thing is, is like, if you're going to be a renter, you got to understand that things are not going to be perfect the way you want them. If you really want them, this, 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 if you want it to look this way, go buy a house. Mm-hmm. Don't be coming to me. Leave me alone. Like I can sell you a house. <laughs> yeah, I'm a renter. I, I'm, I'm, a realtor. A, I'm a realtor. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, but that's one good thing about being in the rentals, I've noticed, I love. Because you do, you meet so many different people. And the one thing about it, though, you have to be a chameleon. You have to change your persona. You have to be a different person with one person and a different personality and everything. So you learn to change. You're like a chameleon. It's it's insane. I can be one person. It's, that's why I'm probably crazy. I got multiple <laughs> personalities, probably. But that's the one thing I do love about it because you meet certain different people and I have met people that I'm just like oh my gosh I just instant connection love this person I cannot wait for this person to be you know a renter and you're like some of them you're like ah really but you can't if they got good credit I don't care I don't care what you're you look like. You're going to pay your rent yeah. most of the time. There's very few things yeah. that may deter. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care what you got. As long as you can pay your rent, I don't care. <laughs> your money yeah. to me. Actually, your money to my owners, <laughs> which are money to me. But, <laughs> you well, know? I think like if you are like if you're a renter and you're like, hey, I want to change stuff about said unit for example mm-hmm. when I lived in a rental we walked in and there was a bright red wall in the dining room and I was like absolutely not and I said yeah. obviously someone has painted this and I said yep. can I paint it I wanted to just paint it a dark brown so that it matched the rest of the house yeah and the leasing agent looked into it and said yep they're totally fine with you painting yeah. so great go for it there are other rentals though that owners don't want people painting Correct. and they don't want people doing <clears throat> things so just ask the questions when you are seeing the unit yeah because then two months down the road when you're like, I really hate that about this unit and yeah. you can't change it. And then you're upset about yeah. it. It's and just I've, better to ask up front. And I've had that situation yeah. too with some of mine and where somebody actually did paint when they were living in the unit, which I hadn't given them authorization for. It was a decent job and I wasn't too worried about it. So I didn't repaint it at the end. But then my next tenant came in and they didn't like the color. I was like, if you sign a two-year lease instead of a one-year lease, I'll pay to get it painted for you. So, I mean, there are ways to... You wheel and deal. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) There are ways to work around things. You know, you don't have to... And they were great. They were happy. They loved it. And they were, they stayed, they stayed for three years. So you just, there are ways to work around things and if, you know you, if you're is, open with your property manager. Yeah. And that what that's what it is. Is You know, you ask your leasing agent. I had one unit that I was renting and I hadn't been the, the leasing agent on it for very long. So someone else was trying to lease it and it had been available for 
like three months and it wasn't renting and wasn't renting and wasn't renting. And so finally I ended up being the leasing agent and I had a client that uh, called a tenant that had called a prospective tenant, took him over there. I walked in the unit, which was the first time I'd been in there. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I totally understand why this unit has been sitting here for three (laughs) months. Somebody had taken a sponge and sponge painted you know, like a cream-colored wall mm-hmm. with, like, red and brown sponge chunks. Oh, no. And they had a huge flat-screen TV on the wall at one point, and they had sponged around the TV. Oh, no. So there were just big holes and spots. No and one so, mentioned this for the three months that it was available? No, that, that may yeah, have been a good idea to paint that the wall? owner had no idea, and so I went back to the unit after I had shown it, and I mm-hmm. took pictures, and I went back to the office, and I showed uh, my broker at the time, and he was like, hmm, we probably better call the owner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because this is probably why it's not leasing, you know. Correct. And the owner was really upset and didn't want to pay to get it painted, but we did it. We had maintenance go out, got it painted. Voila, it it leased out within like a week, you know. And so it did cost him some money, but that's part of your responsibility uh, Mm -hmm. as a leasing manager is to help your owners keep their properties leasable. You know, well, I, so. I'm not saying anything about that, but if the elite, whoever did the move out on that should have noticed that right away. Right. And should have, like, the minute before somebody went in there to even show it, they should have contacted the owner immediately right. and said, hey, that way when we send maintenance in there to paint it, guess who's going to get paid? It's not going to be the owner who's going to pay for it. It's going to be the tenant. Right. You know, so if somebody did their job properly, I mean, that's just me. I'm, I'm very stickler when it comes to my mm-hmm. job. Everything else in my life is, like, chaotic. But, like, if they would have done that properly, taken the right steps, it would have never sat there for three months right and in this you particular know? case it was one that he had been leasing out himself oh, and, and then so we had he, just taken it over and it wasn't leasing wasn't leasing wasn't leasing and then did he not like just check it out do a move out see and even maybe some, he liked it I don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but I can get another flat screen yeah but yeah and if he would have seen it or did somebody else you know he should have been like, okay I'm not that's not gonna rent right. you know and there's some that we've taken over that the, the owners put in but I've done the move out I just did one actually yesterday. We took it over in the middle of the tenant was in there, you know, and I'm all like, okay, this is how we do it at my company and this is how we're going to get it done. So that way when we rent it out for you, it's going to look good. Being a property manager, being a rental manager, that's one of the benefits is we can walk in and see the sponge wall and go immediately that needs to be painted. That has to go immediately. Mm -hmm. And you're not waiting for three months and the owner throwing their hands up going, I don't know what I'm doing wrong because we do it day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Immediately we can tell them, do this, do this, do this, do this. And you'll get max rents and super quick. That's the same way with me as a, as a realtor. I do the same thing when I go in and people want to sell their house, you know, people say, Oh, declutter, declutter, da da da. You want to neutralize the property, you know, take down your family photo. I mean, just things like that, but we do it every day and we can look at things Mm -hmm. with a, an objective eye because an owner loves the property. They love their home the way that it is, or they, they don't want to spend the money to repaint the sponge wall or whatever, but they don't realize what, what that's going to cause as far as like loss of rents or loss of money when they sell or even down the road you know like again like down the road three months he could have probably had that rented within a week right and it cost him you know how many hundred dollars a month for correct so how much money did he lose compared to even if he went in and painted the wall himself what 25 
$25 for a gallon of paint. Right. Like yeah. $25 is a very small investment compared to you just lost three months of rent. Exactly. Even if it's $400 to pay somebody to go do it, it's still cheap. Still cheaper. Yep. Yeah. How uncomfortable yeah. have some of those conversations been? When, oh. when, when you walk into the unit and go, oh crap, this owner is going to freak out. And you're yeah. sent, do you send the email first or do you make the phone call first? <laughs> <laughs> Pictures send, or conversation? I, I send the email. <laughs> <laughs> you don't call them. You just send an email just, yeah, and wait for them. Yeah. And you're like, I oh. send the email and kind of test the waters first. <laughs> and then when they keep calling me and calling me, I just wait to go voicemail. No, don't, don't joke. But I mean, um, usually they're really... I've had a couple of them, but I just send email first and just and send them pictures and say, okay, this is my professional opinion. Yep. This is what we should do. Here's, here's where you are. Here's what it is. Yep. What do you want to do to move forward? Yep. And, you know, we also deal with a lot of like we um, a couple years ago I did on a, a, a newcomer. And so we had a new owner who wanted us to rent out his property for him. And I went in and I usually I met with the new owner and I'm like, okay, this needs to be done. He was living in the unit, but he was going to move out and save some rent. And I'm like, okay, you need to do this, 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 because this is my professional opinion, not because I don't do this on a daily basis. And I'm like, okay, if you want me to rent it, this is what's going to need to get done. And um, he's like, okay, I'll get it done. And and I'm like, listen, I said, if you need help with like maintenance, or if you need a carpet cleaner, if you need professional cleaners, I've got the tools, call me, I can get, I can get you hooked up. Because it was something, we're just taking it on. It wasn't like we're turning over the property. It's a brand new. So we expect our owners, and that's the thing. A lot of times owners will look at it in any property. You look in your own house and you look at it like to you it's clean, but to somebody else it might not be. You're going to look over your desk to where if I walk in, I'm not going to look over your desk because I've never seen it. So it doesn't phase me. You know, it phased me totally different. You know, I told them how to, what it gets done and everything. Show the property, had it ready. They were going to move in and everything. And I was like, okay, did you get the carpets cleaned? Did you get the walls patched? Did you get them touched up painted? Did you get the unit cleaned? Yeah, 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 I did all that. And I'm like, okay. And so the sad part is, is that I went and the couple, the, the lady that moved in, super cute, loved her. It, I felt bad because when I walked into the unit, the carpets weren't clean. The unit wasn't cleaned. The owner did not listen to me one bit. And I felt so bad because that made me look bad. It made the company I work for look bad. Because the owner did not do what I asked him to do. And not that he didn't have the resources. I said, dude, you're calling me. You have my phone number. You have my email. If you want me to schedule this for you, that's why you hired me. This is why I'm here. I'm at your disposal to help you. Um, Unfortunately, I had to, you know, I'm like, listen, the only way to make it right is to give them a couple days free rent and send cleaners in there, carpet cleaners in there. And And he lost. Yeah, it, and it was otherwise your hands are tied because yeah. when that tenant moves out, how do you judge what she's done and the damages yeah. she's caused? Yeah. You know, how can you charge her for those things if it wasn't right when she moved in? Correct. You can't. We've seen a lot of disputes where you have an owner, landlord trying to manage a tenant for the first time mm-hmm. and where they don't have those tools. They they didn't think to document. They didn't think to have a good baseline cleaning. And so you get a lot of those disputes and the landlords just go, forget it. I, I, either I'm going to sell my rental. They call us and say, hey, sell my rental for me. Yeah. Or we really try to save them and go, hey, just give us an opportunity to make this a positive experience for you in managing your rental because this is what we do all day, every day. Yeah. And we've perfected this this plan and this art of managing rental property, maximizing results for our owners. Yeah. So. And that's the thing is getting the owners to understand that, you know, we know what we're doing. We've been doing this for a long time. Trust me. And then it's like, I don't go to your job and tell you how to do yours. You hired me to, to make you money. That's what I'm here to make you money. We don't get a lot of them that will listen to that. It's the, it's the newer ones that we bring on that I think are the hardest because they don't want to listen. 
And it's when like, you say well, newer, like newer, like first time, first time landlords, first time landlords, you know, they lived in the unit and they decided that, Hey, you know what? I just want to go get something cheaper, rent mine out and make money or buy a house instead right. of selling their unit that they're in, you know, they want to buy bigger and then, Hey, I think I want to be an investment. And that's the thing. A lot of times, like people don't understand that if you're going to have a rental as an investment, you're going to lose money sometimes, you know, <laughs> you're going to have, you really, you are, you know, it's not a guarantee. You don't just make $12. $100 no, a month with no, no other responsibilities. No. Come right, on. right. And you're going to learn that, you know, your washer's going to go out or your dishwasher's going to go out and you're responsible as the owner to replace this or to fix it. And a lot of them just think, I'm just going to be an investor and I'm just going to own one rental and it's going to make not, me rich. It's going to make me rich. That's not how it works. You've got to understand that it's, it's a big process and that's why you hire us, but you need to make sure that you're ready for it. And listen to the experts. Listen to some of us who've been doing it for a long time. So when somebody comes up to you, Andrea, and says, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen or the funniest story about what you've done? Oh, my what would goodness. Your I haven't found be? a dead body yet. Well, that's good. Knock on wood. <laughs> I've not found a dead body yet. Don't want to be there because I'll be, I'll be like, nah, nope, I'm out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you won't need any baton, gun, or pepper spray. Nope, definitely won't need any done. of that. No, I've just had a few, I, I swear, like, all of them are funny. Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, some of the things I've had, let's see, what was one I had? Oh, I had a couple who decided that it was the best place to keep their plastic Ziploc containers, you know, like the little container, the like square containers, food? like for like food, the Tupperwares. you know, Tupperwares, yeah. They decided that the best place to keep those were in their stove and forgot to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> forgot to realize that they were in there, turned on the stove. Were there were there cupboard, <laughs> were there cupboards full or just decided that's where that's best okay. place to keep them? Okay. Yeah. Found, found out when they were preheating the oven, huh? Yeah, found out when they were preheating the oven. Wow. Like, oh, we, wait, we left those in there. Here's the thing: I've definitely you know? done something like that, where like I forget <laughs> that something not temporary, but like I will like put because like I have like the thing underneath your oven where like you can put pans and yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. Well. I like would preheat the oven or go to use that or do something and be like, oh, I have like 40 cookie sheets in there. That is not, but like plastic, you don't put plastic plastic in a place the plastic cannot go. Correct. (laughs) When my wife and I bought our first condo, first night there, first meal, we got a take and bake pizza. Mm -hmm. So we go in, we've got all, we're all in boxes. We move in. She goes to, to preheat the oven, forgot to take all of the original instructions plastic and wrapping oh, out of the oven my gosh. first night all 12 people move into this condo fire alarms going off at smoke pouring out of our unit <laughs> well <laughs> well and, yeah and it was she felt so bad again brand new condo literally yeah. brand new we were the first people to live in it and sometimes you forget sometimes yeah. you don't know what not to do yeah as well, a new like, homeowner yeah well like when we when my husband and i bought our town home we left the appliances that came with it in there and we bought brand new appliances even though they were brand new I wanted stainless steel and I specifically wanted black stainless steel and so they that wasn't an option I had when we built it and so I just said great come we'll do the standard ones sell them and move on so for like the first two weeks we had no appliances because they weren't able to be delivered and installed and all of that timing and whatever so we had no appliances so we just ate out for like two straight weeks (laughs) well when the guys come to install our stuff they're just like okay yeah you have to run this much water through your fridge and you have to do this with your dishwasher you have to do all of these things and 
I think I had the plastic covering on my oven for like six months. And finally I was like, something stinks. Something literally smells so bad. And it was the plastic on the front of my oven because I just had never like peeled it off oh, when no. I came there. Cause there was no like little tab. And we found like plastic little like things just on the side of our fridge on one yeah. part of the door. There's like a little tiny thing. And I'm just like, you guys put plastic everywhere. So yeah, yeah we didn't have smoke. It was okay, but <laughs> it did stink. Your eclectic blue appliances looked great though yeah. yes <laughs> yes they were like this isn't well, the color were, i ordered well because they were stainless black. Steel. <laughs> blue stainless steel because they were black stainless steel the glare was different and so and i also i really don't cook i never i don't actually use my appliances that often and so i never really i think for like the first four months we were there i don't think i ever used the oven like i, I straight up don't think i used no. it like one time and so i just was like i don't care whatever <laughs> All right, it's time now for What the HOA. This week's What the HOA is brought to you by HomeCerts.com, your number one source for resale documents, FHA renewals, and reserve studies. Instantly downloadable for your convenience. HomeCerts.com, H-O-M-E-C-E-R-T-S.com. Brian has this week's What the HOA. Why don't you tell us all about it, Brian? Okay, so this article comes to us from Florida. Residents are showing support of HOA in a COVID dispute with a couple. Okay. A Boca Raton couple filed a lawsuit against their condo association that include, includes claims of unlawful imprisonment, invasion of privacy, negligence, and more. Oh, my goodness. These residents claim that the HOA deactivated their key fobs in an attempt to force the couple to quarantine in their unit for two weeks after they had test positive for COVID. Wait, they, they turned their key fobs off? Yeah, they couldn't. Once they left the house, they couldn't get back in because the HOA turned their key fobs off. Oh, you've got oh to gosh. be kidding me. In, in an effort to force them to quarantine. Oh, geez. This couple is claiming the association violated their trust and publicly disclosing their positive tests are seeking damages in excess of $30,000. The condominium association continues to decline comment on the matter. However, many residents are now taking it upon themselves to come to the defense of the HOA, not the residents. Wait, they're coming to the defense of the HOA? Correct. The residents are defending the HOA's actions in making this couple quarantine that's so crazy like what happens if they had like an emergency like if one of them had to go to the hospital like they're just stuck like they can't come back in like there's so many things that could go horribly wrong with doing that aside from just the general like that's a terrible thing to do to someone but like there's so many other things that could go wrong that that's really horrifying to do to someone i I guess they just go out the window then in that case jump jump from the (laughs) rope ladder (laughs) (laughs) right put a rock in front of the door on your way out the door yeah or tape down the latch you know tape down the little the door (laughs) they think these security systems are high tech that's right they're not i'm a piece of gum wrapper i am seriously so confused by this and, and I'm confused that everybody's coming to the defense. I mean, look, I'm all in favor of, you know, trying to flatten the curve and all that kind of stuff. But forcing people to stay in their house? Is this like a police state now all of a sudden? Well, there's 244 units there. So assume that they all have indoor corridors, right? So right. in order to leave your unit, you would have to walk past all these other people's homes. Sure. If they weren't quarantining or if they weren't obeying what they were supposed to do, the HOA took it upon themselves to be big brother and force their compliance. I wonder, I wonder if they had a management company that was like, yeah, that seems like a great idea. Or they tell them like, Oh no, that's probably not a great idea. Now this is why management companies are included as an additional insured or additionally (laughs) covered for their board members. Because when the board members make that decision, the manager's probably going, uh, like, why is it any different for someone to walk down the hall from their house to the outside, either the sick people or the, 
healthy people with a mask on than it is. How different is that than walking down the aisle at the grocery store? Like passing I could someone understand. I could understand if it. they have like an elevator and they're like, "Hey, can you just please use the stairs instead of the elevator so you're not touching all the buttons?" And then everyone else has to go in and touch and all the, the air buttons. Is and kind of contained. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that and just saying, "Hey, can you please use the stairs instead?" That makes a little bit more sense to me because also you understand when you touch door handles and when you're out in public and doing that, you're going to be touching other people's gross germs anyway. So I understand those things, but shutting off their key fobs and making them stay in their units. And like, if you don't have, if you're not in an area, personally, I live in an area that's kind of further away. So DoorDash most of the time does not come to my house. They don't, there's not enough restaurants. There's not enough places. Like it's hard. So if they can't get grocery delivery or if they can't get like food delivery, like what are they supposed to do? Can they leave their apartment if they, if they're in a bubble? (laughs) Can they get one of those like big, huge plastic gerbil balls, you know, that people like to roll around in? Can they they do one of those, man? A a human orb. I think we need those. I think everyone just needs one of those. If they put them in that, can they leave then? Because can you turn my key fob back on now? I'm in a Zorb, all right? Isn't that good enough? Let me review their CCRs. I'll tell you if that is an, an approved device. Yes. That's a, can you can you access? Can you use the key fob through the Zorb? Is it a smart Zorb like your smart gloves? It's, well, I can't get my door back open. Well, that's another question too. Like in your CCNRs and in your rules and regulations, usually it outlines what you can shut a key fob off for, like non-payment of dues if True. they're in violation of too many things. Like you can shut their key fobs off for that. Sure. But I'm assuming because you got COVID is not in anyone's CCNRs because that's not a long-standing thing. So I don't really know if the HOA is going to win this situation. So no. the, the reason, though, I, I think they're trying to mitigate liability. Because oh, yeah. if, if they don't do something and through their perceived negligence, some another resident gets sick, then theoretically they could go after the HOA management company or board for not Putting enough precautions in place to protect them. But at the same time, I feel like if the board just said, hey, we should let's just send them a notice and say, hey, we're going to ask if you can please quarantine, that should really cover the HOA's butt because they've asked them to do what they realistically should be doing. Right. But then the HOA's not taking any more action because they're saying, like, we oh. can't really get involved And with everyone this. else is supposed to be washing their hands and wearing masks anyway, yeah. which would protect them. Like, don't go over to your neighbor's house then and go sit and chat with well, them if, if you know they have COVID. Like, that would do that, they'd be like, hey, we have COVID, don't come over. It makes me wonder, did somebody snitch or did they just overshare yeah. to yeah, their neighbors? Because no yeah, that's, that's one matter. of those ones you just kind of, you know, yeah. we're going to quarantine, we're going to take care of this right, ourselves. We don't right. need to tell all of our neighbors that we right. shared common door handles right. with and hallways with. Right. Hey, by the way, we've got this awesome that's pandemic disease say. that we don't want to share with anybody, well, but like, we'll wave to you on yeah, the way through the there's hall. Yeah. More than 50% of the housing in the United States is within an HOA. And I would guess a lot of that is within enclosed quarters similar to this situation. Yeah. So I'm sure there are multiple cases that have happened throughout this pandemic of the same thing, but people just kept their mouths shut and just lived their lives yeah. and left their neighbors alone. Well, like in our <laughs> neighborhood, like we live in a single family home neighborhood, but people usually will put out there like, hey, we all have to quarantine now. Can like someone go to the grocery store for us? And usually people are really like, sure. yep, we can go. We can drop it over your doorstep. Sure. So honestly, if they did put it out, they're like, hey, we have this. Like we need help. Of those 250 whatever people, like one person was going to be a sympathetic person and be like, hey, yeah, do you need me to go to the store for you? Do you need me to get stuff for you? Like. Yeah. There what was it, a lot better ways to handle this where you could have said, hey, can you please stay inside? That's what I'm thinking. That they, if they and had we'll just help. come to them, yeah and, yeah, and discussed it and worked it out rather than just saying, nope, we're going to shut your key fob off. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a lot better ways to handle exactly. it. like a good reaction. And we've talked about that a lot on this show is just working together, working with your neighbors, t- yeah. communicating. Great missed opportunity, I think, to, to build your community instead of tearing it down or putting a division yeah. in between Agreed. it. That's the way I see it. Agreed. That's a good but, way to put it. Well, the other thing is, too, now if anybody else of those 250 people get COVID, they're just not going to say anything. Yeah. And then that can be a further issue of instead of just being like, hey, we're all willing to help each other. Yeah. It can cause a worse issue. Yeah. Right. Snitches get Agreed. COVID. Yes, they do. <laughs> snitches don't get stitches no more. <laughs> all right. That's going to wrap up this edition of What the HOA. Uh, once again, we want to thank Andrea for coming on the show and uh, being here with us. Thank you for letting me be on here. And- Absolutely. We enjoyed having you. So before we say goodbye, we're going to find out what did we learn on today's program? Kelsey? If you don't know how to start your water heater or if you are having oven issues or fridge issues, just Google it. Someone has made a YouTube video. Someone has written an article. I promise you will be able to get help on the internet. And if you really honestly can't figure it out, then you call your family. And then if you still can't figure it out, then you can probably call the manager. But really, really honestly give it a a try to figure it out before contacting. Self-reliance first. I learned that there are people out there that think that stainless steel appliances should be blue. Hey, don't sass me. (laughs) (laughs) As long as you are okay with the smell of the burning plastic. (laughs) Burning plastic. All right, final thoughts. We want to hear your stories. Um, If you can please go to thehoashow.com or email us at info at thehoashow.com. We would love to share your stories on the show and we will even send you a fun little gift. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of The HOA Show. As always, pray for no floods or fires and we'll see you next time. They're going to be Satan. Listen, you're basically being stupid. I've not found a dead body yet. <laughs>